0: Good evening, Boston. Welcome to BNN News. It's Friday, December 29th, 2023. I'm Faith Maffedon. thanks for tuning in. BNN News has reached the end of the year, but before we launch into 2024, we'd like to take a look back at the 10 most impactful stories covered throughout 2023. Starting at number 10, A26 Boston hosted their half, 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 half marathon at Jamaica Pond this year. And even BNN crossed the finish line. People go to Jamaica Pond for many reasons. To enjoy the fresh air, take in a scenic view, or spend some time getting close to a loved one. But last Thursday night, it was all about raising money to support the student writing and tutoring programs of A26 Boston. Supporters laced up their sneakers, ready to hit the pavement for A26 Boston's Half, 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 Half Marathon.
1: Capturing the spirit here in Boston of the marathon that sort of sweeps everyone up. Um, But keeping in mind we're a writing and tutoring organization, so literary is our strength. And we're happy to do a walk, jog, run, wheel so that everyone can participate.
0: Headquartered in Eggleston Square, right around the corner from BNN, A26 Boston originally held its half-half-half-half-half marathon in Boston Common. For the last two years, it's taken place at Jamaica Pond. This year's .826 mile run drew out nearly 70 runners of all ages and abilities. But everyone was on the same page on the importance of literacy, with many having a personal connection to
2: the cause. I design children's books, and, and people can learn from reading and being read, too. Um, but uh, the literacy programs um, that 826 organizes are phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. It's the first time I've run the race, and I've only been a designer at Charlesbridge for four years. What, um, it's a fabulous cause. I'm a retired teacher
0: from the Native Public Schools. Uh, as part of my many years there, at one point I was a reading specialist. I also um, have a degree in uh, gifted and talented education and focusing on uh, the brain. And when you
2: read, uh, you develop your vocabulary, you develop your um, ability to um, problem solve, your ability to um, be a um, discriminating and critique and uh, it also in terms of reading fiction develops your sense of empathy so it is very very
0: important that kids uh, be read to um, and that they become lifelong readers. Although I hadn't run for some time the less than one-mile marathon had me feeling confident maybe too confident. I don't know if people know but they used to call me the female Usain Bolt. Participants ran from the JP Boathouse to the St. Perkins Street Pond entrance and back. And somewhere along the route, reality began to set in for me. Almost there, halfway there. Fortunately, there was plenty of encouragement and beauty to push runners forward towards the finish line. The gorgeous evening concluded with prizes for the first place finisher, as well as best costume, best finish line pose, highest fundraiser, and sprint fundraiser. However, the greatest prize was the spirit of the evening and the proceeds from the half, 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 marathon that will directly amplify the voices and stories of K-12 students across Boston. Reporting from Jamaica Plain, I'm out of breath. At number nine, Boston took a stand to protect LGBTQIA youth. On Sunday, Mayor Michelle Wu and the Mayor's Office of LGBTQ Advancement officially launched its newest initiative to protect and support young queer people in Boston, Amplify GSA.
1: We need the contributions of every single person who is ready to, to step up and, and give. And what we have seen over the course of history is systematic exclusions and marginalization and um, displacement ends up hurting all of us because we are shutting out sometimes the most brilliant uh, talents and, and um, leadership that we really all desperately need in this moment.
0: GSA is a student-run school group that unites LGBTQ students with their allies to build community within their school. Previously, GSA was an acronym for Gay-Straight Alliance, but it's now more inclusive and is known as Gender and Sexuality Alliance.
3: I believe that diversity makes us more beautiful, stronger, more well-connected and more able to face the challenges that come. And so when people divide based on sexuality, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, um, it hurts us all. And so we want to be able to uplift LGBTQ youth and their allies to be able to build a better society for everyone.
0: The program was created to learn more about what LGBTQ students need to feel more supported in their schools. Amplify GSA is focused on building connections throughout BPS schools by engaging with queer youth and their allies, teachers, school administrators and families.
3: We believe that it's our responsibility to build a city that is safe for our trans youth, our gay youth, youth that have different sexual orientations and that ensure that they're safe at school, they're safe outside in the mall when they're enjoying you know, their friendships and their family members. And, and we just think that it's important for us to celebrate this moment um, as a city that is for
0: everyone. Since the start of 2023, there have been over 500 anti-LGBTQ bills introduced throughout the United States. Although Boston is a blue state, the threat of homophobia and transphobia spreads far and wide.
3: I think most people would agree that mutual respect and appreciation and acceptance are some foundational tenets of our society, however, we don't always do that in practice when it comes to our personal beliefs, and so I think it's important for people to understand that folks in the LGBTQ community just want to be respected and included just like everybody else Um, and that regardless of personal beliefs or feelings that we should all be um, able to participate fully in society and in the city of Boston.
0: The mayor's office is determined to continue this dialogue with queer youth and assure them that LGBTQ people are protected and supported in our city. As the quote goes,
3: injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And I think that's why it's important for everybody to feel included in absolutely everything. And the not necessarily dismantling of labels. I think labels are important, but I think it's important to be inclusive of every single label. And I will say, in a time that we exist, in a time where books are being banned, or humans are being banned, that it's imperative that we all literally band together um, to kind of eradicate some of those oppressions some of those systems of oppressions that exist. I think we do that for one person, then we do it for every person, and we
0: build a better future for ourselves. And at number eight, the music community celebrated local legend Skippy White and his storied career uplifting black music in Boston. The energy was explosive last Saturday in Dorchester's Florian Hall. Music heads, dressed to impress, had an evening with Skippy White, a musical tribute to a living legend. And they weren't shy to hit the dance floor when the rhythms called out to them. It was easy to see why, with a talented lineup of singers spanning from gospel, soul, to rhythm and blues, handpicked by the Just Homet man himself. Delivering Skippy White's flowers through song, performers showed their love, each of them having a special connection to the music connoisseur. Lord,
2: what a, a day
4: makes.
5: Who knows Skippy White as long as I have? I've known Skippy so White since I was seven years old. Record stop shop at uh, corner of Washington Street, in Northampton. Back when the orange line was up in the air, so we go back a long time. He's always been there for me when I needed some gospel music or rhythm and blues, and uh, even some jazz. But he's always been good to me over the years. So it's an honor to be here tonight.
0: For 63 years, Skippy White shared black music first on Wild A.M. radio waves, followed by his iconic record stores throughout the city. Anyone who has crossed paths with Skippy? is grateful for his dedication.
5: One thing that set me apart at the record store level from other stores is that when the door opened and the customer walked in, I greeted them, shook their hand, made them feel welcome, because they were part of the family then. It wasn't just that you were a customer and I wasn't looking to sell you something. It was that you were another friend.
6: It's, it's the music is medicine, and for him to be the the flag waver for black music here in Boston, and to, to make sure that everybody got it in the community, is that's that's what makes everybody want to be here to to support and show love to him because. Um, that music has kept us alive through, through all of the craziness that we've gone through as a people, as a country. Um, the, the one constant is the, is the healing power of the music. And so I'm, I'm really, really grateful to be a part of that.
0: For a man who has brought joy to so many for so long, what can we say?
6: Skippy, I just want to thank him for his history of, of loving this music first. And deciding that he wanted to actually uh, let
0: the world hear this music through his radio show and through his record
7: stores selling the music, he helped to to push this music out to the world.
8: white will shine brighter than ever i think the world of him he's a great guy
0: At number seven, Massachusetts centenarians were honored at the State House
8: last Wednesday, the Massachusetts Executive Office of Elder Affairs and the Central Boston Elder Services hosted the tenth annual centenarian ceremony where eleven individuals were commemorated at the state House for reaching age one hundred or older
4: it 's so important to honor our centenarians, and uh, one of the reasons why we we do this is because. These individuals have decades of life experience, and they have so much wisdom to offer just about their longevity and what it takes to make it to 100. I mean, let's face it, that's not something that people do every day. So reaching that mark is something that we truly have to honor and celebrate.
8: Receiving the royal treatment, the centenarians were praised for their long lives and awarded an official citation from the Massachusetts State Senate with all honorees inducted into the Centenarian Society of Boston, class of 2023.
5: Well, you know, such an emphasis emphasis in this country on youth uh, that we felt as though, hey, listen, why not call attention to centenarians, those who reached a hundred or older as uh, a tribute to their longevity, life experiences, and
7: how they live.
8: The recognized elders hail from all over Boston, nearly all of them immigrants from Cuba, Guatemala, China, Russia, and the Dominican Republic. Although most weren't born here, they hold so much admiration for the Bay State. Let me
2: tell you, I love Massachusetts. I was, how do you say it, viajado. I traveled a lot. But anyway, anyway I went, I think Massachusetts, no. Massachusetts better. I think it's a good, a good idea, you know, the, the, the government of Massachusetts. They care about the old people because uh, I see in you another know, states they don't do anything like this, like this, and um, it's good because we are very, we are old, and when we you, are old, you look at a lot of things, you know, and sometimes your mind don't work very good, or something like that, is, is you you become like a, again like a, 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 a new life.
8: Despite their differences, they shared a common thread. The importance of family.
2: My good memories is to have a good life with my family. And for God giving me that health and strength that I should live a hundred years older.
8: And regardless of the year on their birth certificates, these seniors are still full of life.
2: I'm To go on
8: With a century's worth of experience, they had plenty of wisdom to offer younger people. What's the secret to a long life?
2: <laughs> Do whatever I want. <laughs> Do whatever I want. I eat whatever I want. Well, it's not a secret. The only thing you know is. I don't drink because alcohol is not very good, and um, especially to live with, uh, with God. I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I keep on moving. So I have to thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for that great thing He has done to me. Mm-hmm.
8: Their lives are truly a blessing, and we wish them many more birthdays.
0: And what would BNN News be without our amazing interview guests? Here's a peek at a couple of our favorites from this year. The Body Worlds exhibit with Dr. Angelina Whaley and Cirque du Soleil's Cortio with Stéphane Allard. Body Worlds, the Anatomy of Happiness opens in the hub of Back Bay this July. I would love to start with uh, you talking a little bit about what this exhibit is and what exactly
2: viewers are looking at. Well, Body Worlds is all about you. It's all about life. Uh, Each and every uh, of our exhibits holds a huge collection of anatomically dissected specimens that show everything that we have underneath our skin, all the muscles, nerves, organs, arteries and so on. And this time, this exhibit is accompanied by a theme called the anatomy of happiness. Mm. And um, this is not meant to be a happiness guide to explain what happiness is or uh, what you should do to be happy. It is more to make people understand that happiness is a bodily function and it is not only providing us with this beautiful feeling um, but it is affecting our entire body system it has an effect on each and every bodily system. For instance, people who are uh, more satisfied in their life, who are more happy in their lives, they are less likely to experience a heart attack. Mm. They are less likely to develop uh, diabetes or cancer or um, autoimmune diseases. And on average, they also live longer. So they're very good reasons to take a closer look on the anatomy of happiness.
0: Yes, how can I be more happy today? And uh, many or all of the full body specimens are created through a process called plastination. Uh, Would you care to walk our viewers through what exactly that process is?
2: Yes, all specimens we have on the display are real. They are from people who have decided during lifetime to be part of it. So, we have a body donation program where people sign in. And um, the specimens, uh, they are preserved by a technology called plastination. That is a quite complicated process, but to put it very simple. It is a vacuum process that allows us to exchange the tissue water against a polymer like silicone rubber for instance. So uh, each individual cell that contained water before is now filled with the polymer and that renders the specimen dry. It is orderless. You can literally grasp it. Um, And what is very important for an exhibition like Body World is we can preserve it in a very beautiful nice to look at uh, way so that even if you come with hesitation whether you can stand it or not, <laughs> um, it is um, that it is really wowing our visitors. People feel so much surprised and uh, glad that they have this opportunity to see and experience firsthand what they are made of. Because when walking through the exhibit, what is very typical, that people start to see themselves inside these specimens. It is like a self-reflection without a mirror. And to many people, it's so powerful that very typical they say, I've got a complete different view on my inner self and never again will I take my body for granted.
0: And uh, speaking of Corteo, what is the story behind the show and what are you most excited for audiences to see?
9: Well, Corteo is a celebration of life. It's a family show. The main character, Mauro, is uh, revisiting his life through acrobatic numbers actually very high acrobatic numbers and it's a celebration of life happiness it's very poetic um, and it's beautiful
2: hmm.
0: and I'd love to talk about your journey with the show and the music you've been part of the Cirque du Soleil family since 2002 you joined the Cortio cast in 2009 took some time away and then you returned in 2012 Uh, What are the new things that you've discovered about this show and your music as a violinist?
9: Bob, during these years we all grow. Uh, I continue doing music, doing a lot of experimental music. Uh, I love to improvise. So coming back to a show, my goal now, because we repeat that show, you know, we've been doing a lot of shows, is maybe not to play always the same thing, you know. So that's the main goal for me. It's a challenge because it's very easy. If I don't think, if I just play, it's not even me that's playing, it's the finger that goes, because it's so much in my ADN, you know, my, in my blood. Hmm. So the challenge for me is just to try to play something different every show.
0: At number six, the best of Fenway's Musically Gifted put their talents to the test. Fenway's Got Talent is back for its second year, and BNN News is here at Timeout Market to check out the first week of Singing Hopefuls. So
7: it's really a place where you can just come and experience a great night. We do all kinds of events, you know, whether it's an activation like Fenway's Got Talent, we do local markets like uh, Fenway Flea Market, Boston Women's Market for, for Pride Month. So it's constantly just reaching out to the community. If you want to be involved and come down and experience the community and what Boston has to offer, this is the place to be.
4: And it's a really great community you know having all these tables community like family family style kind of stuff where you just come and you can start conversations and meet new people Um, I think that that's
0: really exciting and then just competition in general especially when uh,
4: when you feel like you're going into it with um, hope and support for everyone else who's also competing that it's just like we're just here we're doing our thing and I hope for the
0: best for everybody.
2: like competition that I've been doing with lots of people and I think it's really great to be here and I want to show people um, how a nine-year-old can be such a great beatboxer for the world.
8: It seemed very, very interesting. It seemed like a cool opportunity for individual artists who may not be able to get that much of a spotlight to be up here and to perform their music. I just love the intimate moment of just an artist sharing their heart to an audience. And I, and I just love that connection between the artist and the audience. And, and the ability to be able to do that and have something that I can put forth and put in a competition is really, really cool. And i that to
4: go and me away. Everyone has their own style. I'm sure we're going to see uh, different genres.
0: Uh, Different musicianship. What I look for is consistency. Your enunciation. Are you feeling the music? But I think what it is is your interaction. To be able to draw the crowd in, no matter if you're a singer, you're playing the piano or a different instrument. Music is universal. Music is love. It brings people together. And our winners from this
4: meeting for all the contestants. The show.
0: At number five, a new market representing the African diaspora had a smashing grand opening. After months of anticipation, Nubian markets finally opened their doors at their grand opening event on Wednesday. The cafe, market, halal butchery, one-stop shop welcomed dozens of guests to experience a fresh, healthy food source that serves its community to the fullest. The project started more than 15 years ago as a dream of owners Ishmael Samad and Yusuf Yassin. They wanted to create an oasis in what some deem a food desert by building not only a source for natural food but a community meeting place. State, city, and spiritual leaders gave their thanks and gratitude for the new Roxbury Hub.
1: We already know what a space like this is is going to mean. That it's much more about the products that are being offered which are directly connected to residents' cultures and and communities and families and stories but it's also just a hub and a space for people to build community itself. This is a partnership between the people who are consuming and the people who are providing what we consume. And if they're trying to provide for us all the things that are lawful and good and wholesome and another word, which means delicious, then I think we should give them the support that they need.
0: Senator Liz Miranda got the crowd hyped up with her Roxbury pride. She presented Ishmael and Youssef with a state citation in honor of their contribution to the Roxbury community and for their tireless efforts over the years to make it happen. Following the red ribbon cutting, customers flooded inside to check out the new digs. Fresh halal meat, organic fruit, and all natural ingredients are just a few of the incredible highlights of the store. Over 30 black-owned businesses are represented throughout Nubian markets, thanks in part to Sharif Abdul-Malik, owner of We Buy Black. Typically,
6: when we go somewhere and shop, 99% of the people who are shopping is from our community. But yet, 99% of the product that's inside of the stores is from somebody else's
5: community. That's right, and the stores that don't belong
6: to us. And the stores that don't belong to exactly. So we have, um, it's, this is a triple win for all of us. It's a win-win-win. And those are the type of opportunities that we should look for.
7: It's just nice to be able to have this ownership, to be able to to, to have ownership of a space, to put Sweet Baby Rays on the bottom shelf, you know, and put Kamal's hot sauce right in the middle. You know what I mean? Right when you see it, that's power.
0: Nubian markets would not have been possible without the investment from Boston Medical Center, who realized that Boston residents need reliable, healthy food in order to live long, healthy lives. So we know we have to do more than provide excellent compassionate
7: healthcare. Mm-hmm. We work outside our hospital walls where we engage in partnerships to remove barriers to wealth creation in our communities because we know that wealth is health. Mm-hmm. To that point, Nubian Markets is a unique and transformative endeavor. From the very, very beginning, Ismail and Yusuf have had laser intentionality to creating an ecosystem of building wealth through ownership of the business.
0: The hope is to create more locations throughout Boston and eventually the state. After all, it is Nubian markets, as in multiple. So plan to see a lot more of Ishmael and Youssef in the future. Our number four BNN story was a celebration of Roxbury Community College's 50 years educating the community. Saturday, May 13th, the block was lit as Roxbury Community College closed out its three-day homecoming celebration with the community block party. The public was invited to a day of fun, food, games, and more from 12 to 6 p.m. as RCC honored its 50th anniversary and legacy as Boston's only predominantly black institution.
5: You know, this homecoming is, of course, special because of the celebration of 50 years of this institution serving the greater Boston area, but especially the communities of Roxbury, Dorchester, and Mattapan. It's a homecoming, we believe, not just for alumni uh, who we are inviting to come back and reminisce and uh, reconnect and uh, find ways to really uh, continue to be a part of this family, uh, but also a homecoming, we think, for the community
4: We haven't been able to have folks on campus for a little while because of the COVID pandemic and we want people to recognize this is a resource and it's really the hub of the Roxbury community and we just want people to have an opportunity to be on campus, connect with other neighbors, um, visit our enrollment table because we want folks to apply um, and just hoping people have a phenomenal experience on campus today.
0: For Hakika Greaves, student speaker of this year's 157 RCC May graduates, it was the perfect time to let her hair down and share her gratitude.
10: I'm so grateful for everything that they have done for me and support me throughout my journey as a student and as a mother while pregnant. That made me a stronger person throughout my pregnancy and helped me to push even further to reach my career goals. And I was just so focused on finishing school and also being there for the students at RCC because they've been there for me.
6: I think people don't understand the importance of having an institution like a Roxbury Community College. People fought in 1971, two, three to have this building built, established, and to have a community college for uh, the residents of Roxbury. And it was very important to have something here And because of it, it has actually helped uh, launch the careers of a lot of individuals who started off at Roxbury Community College and then moved on into uh, different um, academic and also professional spaces. So um, it's, 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 it's a pillar and it's a foundational part of the community of having Roxbury Community College.
0: On the grounds, there were activities for all ages, from face painting to virtual reality for the youth and an eye-catching vendor market of Black-owned businesses. And inside the Media Arts Centre, a robust program showcasing the vibrancy of Black culture, starting with a little bit of fashion, followed by the Step Show by Origination Cultural Arts Centre. But the night belonged to hip-hop, as guests enjoyed the coinciding 50 years of hip-hop concert with live performances from Boston's most revered talents. Roxbury native and internationally known hip-hop artist Ed O.G. brought down the house as only a returning son could, and he had plenty of love for RCC.
10: So, and it's always great to perform, you know, at home. I mean, we usually perform out of town, we're not here, so to perform in Roxbury, 50 years of hip-hop, 50 years of RCC, it's amazing. I think it's, um, it's just a great resource for you know, young kids who wanna have uh, further their college. It's a great place to start. There's a great place to start and get a finish or to get a start to, to springboard you if you wanna complete more uh, schooling. It's
6: just a nice resource to have in the community um right here in Roxbury.
7: I like to believe that um that you know our ancestors are looking down and feeling very very pleased because people had a vision that this was a college for the community by the community and that it would be owned by the community and we're hoping that uh, that legacy and that vision is being lived today so I'm hoping that uh, I think they're feeling good about what they're seeing here on this campus today.
0: And now, before we get to our top three stories of 2023, take a look at two interviews that resonated with our BNN News team. The Reparations Task Force with Joseph Feaster Jr. and Carrie Mays, and the Boston Pride for the People with Adriana Boulin. Wonderful, and one of the beautiful things about the task force is the the range that it covers in terms of the people and the experiences and the voices that are coming to the forefront. Uh, And I'm curious, for the average, Black young person in Boston. How will this uh, task force affect the change in the life that they can see?
7: Yes. um, So one, this means a lot to me as a young um, Black woman, especially somebody who is of African descent of slavery. Um, My great, great, great grandmother was a slave from Alabama. And so um, to me, I think this is about, this is a learning experience for me as a young person to learn about my history. Because, unfortunately, our school systems throughout the whole entire country is not truly reflecting, um, you know, the travesties and the depth of what slavery was and also just what also what happened before slavery. And so as we see this national fight for a critical race theory and just for our humanity to be heard in our curriculums, for our humanity to be recognized, I think this is a learning experience for me as a young black person, but also for, you know, my sisters, my brothers, um, and for a lot of people my age, for us to really examine some of the historical harms that has happened, but not how the historical harms have affected us, but also how can we heal those harms, right? And a lot of people say that young people are the future. You cannot um, have a successful movement or talk about the future without including young people. Mm -hmm. And so... When I think about the Children's March of Birmingham, which was a catalyst for desegregation desegregation across the whole entire country, um, young people have served to be this morality staple of the country and shown us um, how to mobilize movements and so for me i think i'm thankful for mayor Wu and i'm thankful for the city council for making this an intergenerational effort because it can't just be adults and it can't just be young people but it must be youth and adults working together to make this collective change
0: in terms of um, this first year and the conversations that are beginning, what are some of the, the main goals that you have on the list? What are you hoping to get done in this first year?
5: Well, let me talk about that for a moment. And I, and I just want to say, Faith, you can see why Carrie's on this committee. Yes. Um, you know, And the intergenerational one, I'm on the other end of that spectrum <laughs> that uh, from Carrie. And I feel that's my responsibility to be that type of mentor. I want to be able to pass the torch to Carrie to take that type of leadership, uh, you know. And uh, I'm, you can see that she will be integral in terms of the conversation and the thinking that we have within the task force. So I'm, i I'm, I'm feel blessed that um, the mayor had the foresight in order to have her on this committee. Uh, she's uh, definitely a a a morning star. Um, our responsibilities on the task force emanate from the ordinance that the Boston City Council created back last December and which the mayor signed on to. and it creates the number the members of the task force, uh, which there are 10 of us. It creates there are three phases. Uh, our term is until December of 2024. Um, there are three phases and one of the first things we're going to do is what Carrie referred to. We're going to get we're we're going to issue an RFP to get a historian because we want to get the facts. We're going to start from the facts. Mm. Then we're going to be able to we're going to go out in terms of listening tours. So we're going to have people give us the facts, give us the listening tour. Obviously, our own internal discussions as a task force. There's expectation in the ordinance that we produce something by June of this year. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. It depends upon how quickly we'll, we'll be meeting within the next week for our first meeting of the task force. And then at the end of the day, unless they extend our time, December 24th, our, our task force will, will end. But I want to leave you with at least, and this is feaster thinking because this isn't, we haven't met as a, as a commission. But I really think there are four questions that need to be asked on this question of reparations. One is, what is the debt? Mm. You know, so you going to determine. Uh, Carrie talked about his family, her family history from Alabama, mines from South Carolina, oh. you know, uh, 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 Fairfield, South Carolina, Winsboro, South Carolina, to to uh, Kings Mountain, North Carolina, to 117th Street in Harlem, New York, to the Bronx. Mm. So you know, so you you so, you know, am I directly affected? don't know but in terms of my ancestors work the other question is who is eligible for reparations
0: yeah
5: we have to define that uh, you know and that's going to come through this process we're talking about if we determine that then we got to determine who pays and the question is what is pay i mean what 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 will what form will reparations take when i say pay i'm talking about reparations and in terms of what form it might take, and if you look at that National Commission I referred to, they have ten points and they refer to different things and that may be some guidance for us. And then the last one is, if there's going to be reparations and we determine what the amount is and we determine who pays, when will it be paid? So, we may not be the one to answer that meeting in the task force, but I believe that those are the questions that will really need to be answered for us to get to the end point.
0: Adriana, you look lovely. And thank you for joining us in the studio today. Thanks so much for having me, Faith. It's a complete pleasure. Uh, I'd love to start with Boston Pride for the People. How did it get started and what set
10: you all in motion? So Boston Pride for the People started last September 2022, and it was after a year and a half and more of a lot of us coming together and thinking about what are we gonna do for pride in our city? First, it was a number of different groups and coalitions in our our community, such as Pride for the People, which is separate from Boston Pride for the People. Pride for the People were a group of leaders, organizers, and other folks in our community who came together to hold the previous organizers of the Pride in Boston accountable to the communities that they weren't including, the voices that they weren't centering. And when different leaders in the community noticed that what was being called for wasn't being people weren't taking responsibility for that work and um, taking the recommendations that were made, that organization dissolved and many different leaders came up and created efforts. And throughout the year, there were efforts like pop-up pride that was organized by a few members of pride for the people and members of now Boston pride for the people. So our start um, after pop-up pride, I remember fondly going to the group and I, I participated as a speaker in there and I said, it was so amazing what we did and I'm, I want to get together, like let's all get together and move forward planning for next year. So at the end of the summer, we came together and September officially started Boston Pride for the People and have been meeting weekly and then daily since then to really work on as volunteers, 100% volunteer led, this work that we're moving forward together.
0: That's incredible and we're, we're so glad that you're here. And what are some of the core values of Boston Pride for the People?
10: We have four principles. The first is commemoration, and it's to honor the lives of those lost and risked for a lot of the freedoms that we experience now as members of the LGBTQ plus communities. So we wanna honor the work um, and everything that was sacrificed for us to be able to have parades and festival like we do today. The second is educate. We do have freedoms that people lost their lives for, and risked their lives for, for us to live today. And there is so much more that needs to be fought for. Our trans and gender diverse community are under attack. Our youth are under attack. People are trying to seek gender affirming care. People are trying to be their human selves. There is a lot of work to be done in our community and other communities. And the first way to make that change is to be aware that the change needs to be done. So in addition to commemorating the work that's been done, we also want to educate people on the work that still needs to be done. And for the work to be done, the third value, empower. People need to feel empowered. They need to be put in positions where they can make change. They need to be given the resources and tools to be to make those changes they need to be believed in truly believed in Um, and the fourth is celebration because we're worthy of celebration and it's important that people in our community know that see that and have the spaces to do that and those values are really at the foundation of the work that we do with our two aims one is to plan the city's parade and festival and two is to uplift the work happening throughout our city this month and the rest of the year um, because there's so many groups, organizations, and leaders doing work, we don't need to recreate the wheel. We need to support the wheels that are already in motion.
0: Speaking of celebration, on June 10th, you threw the, the parade, the Boston Pride for the People Parade and Festival. What were some of your favorite memories from the day? Seeing everyone's joy.
10: This morning I was on social media and I saw someone post that it was their first Pride. It was a young person and it was a bunch of young people and I just could not. It was so lovely. It was so, so lovely. So what has been my favorite part is seeing the joy, seeing everyone interact with Pride. I think there's a lot of different ways to interact with Pride and Pride activities and festivities and seeing people do that in
0: their own way has been so beautiful. At number three, the Boston Embrace statue was welcomed with open arms. Hundreds came to the Boston Common last Friday to honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife Coretta Scott King at the official unveiling of the embrace. The 20-foot-high monument by artist Hank Willis Thomas depicts a 1964 photograph of the couple, embracing after learning King won the Nobel Peace Prize. Boston is hallowed ground for the Kings. It's the city where they fell in love and built a safe space in each other before stepping fully into the Civil Rights Movement. Now, 70 years later, Boston's embrace will be a place of inspiration, love, and belonging.
7: I feel that they are somehow with me, that our spirits are joined in the quest for a just, loving, and peaceful world. I am very proud to be their granddaughter. But I am also challenged by their inspiring legacies of vision and courage and hope and healing. But I know that I am not alone. There is a sense in which we are all children and grandchildren of Martin and Coretta Scott King.
8: They never mocked American ideals. Instead, they lived them by caring about the left out and the left back hearing the unheard, seeing the unseen, calling out the inescapable link between the mighty
4: and the meek.
8: They lived American ideals by being the light that drives out darkness. And to many in the moment and many more, through the echoes of time, they gave us a reason to hope.
10: And it's here where from this day forward, we will gaze up at interlocking arms and see it as a call to action for a more equitable and inclusive society. Because our greatest strength is our people. Our greatest strength is in one another. If we only see the
0: common humanity
10: among all of us. And that is something that Dr. King and Coretta Scott King lived every single day.
0: Our number two story was about a very special little girl making a huge impact. Amal is a little girl with big plans. Her large stature is astounding to see, but her story is the most remarkable thing about her.
7: What she gave off was power and peace and presence. I love that she would close her eyes while she was dancing and getting into the rhythm, and then open up and make contact with the dragons and the people around her. She was extremely welcoming, but also very like calm and powerful.
0: The walk is very peaceful, and we got to shake you know her hands, and it was very smooth and big, and it reminds me of the roundness and
6: harmony. It was completely beautiful. I was just. Blown away by this beautiful puppet, especially by um, her eyes and her hair and her shoes. And um, sh- sh- she spreads a message of hope for the Syrian refugee crisis. I thought it was beautiful.
0: Little Amal, the 12 foot tall puppet made in the likeness of a 10 year old Syrian refugee child, has become a global symbol of human rights as she visits the United States for the first time. She's already completed 6,000 miles overseas, crossing 97 towns in 15 countries, all in an effort to convey a message of peace and empathy for one another.
5: Refugees have been uprooted, transplanted, they have nowhere to live. We may think we have it tough here in the United States, and many of us do, but believe me, to be a refugee, to have an entire town, village, an entire city in some cases, uprooted and told to move and can't even find water. No, it's a reminder that there's troubles all over the world. And Just if you think you have massive troubles, there's someone else on this planet who has troubles even bigger than yours. I was watching
6: this puppet and I was speaking to some folks around me. What if we treated refugees like we treated this puppet um, who came to visit our city? What if we greeted them with respect and joy and welcomes them into our communities. Um, these are folks who are going through um, unimaginable hardship, um, and um, we need to make sure that we're treating people um, like hu- the human beings that they are, with empathy and with kindness.
0: Since July 2021, Amal has touched the hearts of millions on the street, including hundreds of artists, faith leaders, and tens of millions online. Hundreds joined her in Chinatown last week as Amal embarks on her next 6,000-mile walk from Boston to San Diego, spreading awareness of displaced peoples and bringing comfort to those who have felt unseen. I
4: came to see little Amal today. Um, She represents refugee, refugee children and displaced children. And little Gabby inside was displaced in some ways, so I came to... Let her know things are okay, things can be okay, and I appreciate that there are people out there who want to share the story of children who need help, children who need to be reunited with their families.
0: Boston embraced Amal's visit with a diverse group of cultural artists as residents found joy in the larger-than-life girl and each other. It was a day many will never forget.
4: little kid who's scared sees Little Amal and says, I know there's people who care about me and want me to be okay. I hope they find their community, they find their friends and their family that love them, and find support, find safety. And I hope, I just hope Little Amal inspires people to be that safety for their community.
0: Before we get to our number one story of this year, we want to shout out our amazing news interns, Michael Templeton, Aiden Stein, Sam Bulos, and Karen Soy. Aiden Stein visited Downtown Crossing earlier this month to find out what residents are grateful for in this BNN on the Street.
11: We're here at Downtown Crossing at a holiday market where local craftspeople, residents, and performers are sharing the holiday spirit.
4: downtown Arts Market here in downtown Boston. I've been down here for the last three years. Um, So here we have all artisans that can make everything that you see. Um, So down here you'll be able to get unique gifts from one-of-a-kind small businesses which I feel like is important to support uh, because we are what makes the world go around. We are part of the community, what keeps the community going. Um, And I feel like These are who wouldn't want something one of a kind and more interesting, you know, that really speaks to you. So come down and visit us.
11: (laughs) Visitors shared their reasons for making travel plans to Boston this winter.
4: I'm a big Boston
11: Celtics fan, so I'm here for the game tonight. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we, this is our second time here this year for a Celtics game. So, yeah, just checking out some of the Christmas festivities going on. So we're planning on going to one of the festivals later this evening. So checking out those things as well while we're here. So, We asked Bostonians what makes Christmas in the city so special. Last year
7: was my first
8: Christmas in Boston and it was so wonderful. Honestly, uh, Christmas is like one of my favorites, favorite festivals. It's lighten up everywhere. It's cold but yet so warm in Boston. Lights everywhere, uh, also the Commonwealth uh, common uh, uh, garden, uh, the Christmas tree over there. It's so huge. I love it here. You know, I just saw the um, lighting of the tree, they really do a good job with that. My town, my city does a great job with that. Um, I don't know, everybody gets into it. Yeah, we're all pleasant and nice, I think. That's what I like about this season, yeah.
11: With another hectic year coming to a close, we ask what people are thankful for and what they're looking forward to in the new year.
8: I'm thankful for my family, I'm
4: thankful for my friends, I'm thankful that I'm able to travel. Um, just and that we survived this year (laughs) and uh, looking forward to more travel next year and uh, just more adventures and trying new things. I'm very thankful for life, for my family. Um, I had a really detrimental loss this year, so it's been challenging, but I'm also looking at the upside of it that comes loss, comes, you know, a renewal, and you can always start fresh and remember the good times, and I'm bringing that into the new year. Try to have a more positive year because I know a lot of people have been struggling this year. I'm definitely looking forward to just celebrating more. helping people have
8: fun at their events and just enjoying life because we all know from being locked down that it's the people in our lives that make a difference.
11: Spreading the holiday cheer from BNN, this is Aiden Stein for BNN News.
0: And at number one, United States history was made this year after Maura Healey was officially inaugurated as governor of Massachusetts. I support
10: the Constitution of the United States.
0: It was a proud day for Massachusetts as Maura Healey was sworn in as the 73rd governor of the state Thursday morning. The inauguration, marked by tradition in the House chamber, also signaled a new direction and many firsts. A Democrat governor returning to the helm after eight years of Republican leadership the first woman governor in Massachusetts and first-out lesbian governor in the country, not to mention the first female executive team in the U.S. with the election of Governor Healy and Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll. It was a feeling Healy thought all could relate to. Every one
2: of us, every one of us is a first. You may be a first-generation immigrant. Choosing Massachusetts as the foundation for your American dream. You may be the
10: first in your family to go to college, the first in your neighborhood to start a business. In this state, we're all
0: The new governor also spoke of immediate goals within her first 100 days, including the creation of a Secretary of Housing to create affordable housing for all and the country's first cabinet-level climate chief to meet climate goals. Now we must devote ourselves to cherishing and protecting our shared future and meeting the climate crisis. Sworn-in Lieutenant Governor Driscoll shared her commitment to an inclusive state in her partnership with Healy. Governor I see before today with an immense amount of Buzzing with excitement, the chamber rose in applause repeatedly throughout the afternoon. Both optimistic and focused on the road ahead, the people's governor is ready to run with the ball in her court. In Massachusetts,
1: we come together, we lift
0: people up, and we lead. Thank you so much for tuning in, Boston. It's been quite a journey. We're proud to share that we won nationally for Best News Community Radio at the 2023 Alliance for Community Media Hometown Awards. And we're so grateful. As always, you can stream or watch the news on demand at bnnmedia.org or download the Cablecast app for full episodes on the go. We wish you a full and abundant 2024. For BNN News, I'm Faith Himmaphadon, and I'll see you in the new year.